Marcel Mondays podcast. I'm your host Marcel aka Marcus Hernandez and today I'm joined with my first ever male guest Ollie. Hi Marcus. Hello Ollie. Welcome. And Ollie you are a house sound alumni. You were a graduate five years ago and welcome back. It must be weird for you to be sitting in this room at house sound secondary. It is weird being back at school gotta say. (laughs) Um, Very weird coming back into the building where I kind of grew up. I you bet. Know, I'm sure, as you know, oh yeah, high yeah. school, all that kind of stuff. Very weird. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, very. So I'll quickly explain how I met Ollie. Uh, I've been working with Ollie for the past six months, I believe. Yeah, something like that. On yeah. and off. On and off. Yeah. And so we work at the local bar and grill there. We're both line cooks and prep cooks, and he's quite the quite the brother of mine. He's like my older brother there, and he tells me when to shut up and also when to get to work. So he's a great guy. And he works really hard at making that place successful, and we uh, we all value him there. So it's been quite an honor to serve under this man. The shut up <laughs> and get to work does really ring true. It it, uh, it does. He's got that British tone too, so he he really knows how to how to put me in line. How kind of you to notice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll jump into the topic for today, and the topic is basically: I want to go to university, but I don't feel ready. Is it okay if I take a break? And so Ollie's story correlates with this whole idea of, I want to go, but I need a break. I haven't fully understood who I want to be yet. And so Ollie, I'll let you take it away about when you first got to school, what was your time there like? Well, I wanted to start by uh, my experience in this building, actually, in House Sound, which was that, you know, I was like quite a lot of, quite a lot of uh, school kids. You know, I was reasonably successful academically. I was, you know, had a lot of friends. I was very nervous initially about going to university. I'm sure a lot of you and your friends are around the school. You know, I had a lot of a lot of opinions kind of being pushed on me from lots of different angles, from parents to peers, always all going across the country and stuff. I had friends right now in Queens and as far as some friends went back to Europe and all that kind of stuff. I have friends kind of all over the world in university. So there's a lot of pressure to get down, get studying to try and get a good job as fast as you possibly could yeah yeah completely and as a grade 12 right now i'm completely feeling that way that i'm have that pressure on my back to be successful that i have to go to university and do well where for most people it's not like that yeah right yeah i think a lot of people there's a real weight range between feeling you need to go need then you know having people push you and having everyone be really supportive there is a big range between that kind of thing, depending on your interests, especially in high school, because it's so varied. Yeah. Um, what were your interests in high school? I was very sciencey. I, I was partly due to um, some great teachers growing up who really inspired that in me, and also partly due to just natural interest in in sciences. Yeah. So um, that was the de- degree you went on. That was on the to- main thing. Yeah, yeah. I left high school wanting to go for engineering. And um, Mr. Queering at this school actually um, inspired me to do the engineering physics program. Mr. Q. Mr. Q. Yeah, Mr. Q. All the I way. hope he's listening right now. He would love this episode. <laughs> yeah, we did the uh, physics Olympics a couple of years. Mr. Q and Mr. K 
You have a good story about being there when you snuck into the nuclear reactor. I did sneak into the nuclear nuclear department at UBC with a couple of buddies and just ended up knocking on a door uh, that we saw that just said nuclear. And the guy answered and he said, what what are you doing? And without even thinking, I said, I'm looking for a tour. And he said, okay, I've got half an hour. What a guy. And he just started walking us around. It was crazy. And we walked into, I remember it really clearly, we walked into a room that was about the size of the main gymnasium at House Sound, just down the hall. And it was entirely full of a clear plastic bag. It was just a giant double layer plastic bag. And I said, what's that? He said, that's the UBC supply of helium. So that supplies all the experimental MRIs and everything that require helium and supercooled helium all over UBC. It was crazy. And it was just it was tiny? Just a double, no, it was huge. Oh, it was it huge. Just filled the room. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was massive. It was a huge bag full of helium. Yeah. That's crazy. Because yeah, helium crazy. is like the one of the rarest yeah. elements. So it was very, yeah, it was very well protected, kind of double layer. Oh, I bet. Really strong. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. I bet. I was yeah. like, how old were you? Were you in grade 11 or 12? That was in grade 11. Yeah, that must have been kind of yeah, impactful first, experience. Right? Yeah, that was the first one we did. Um, that was very cool, though. Yeah, I can highly recommend that if it's still going on. But Probably not due to no, COVID, but no, I, I think Mr. Q... They were doing physics club and a bunch of different physics stuff. Yeah. Physics is really prominent here at House Sound. Yeah. People love it. Especially because the teachers, Mr. K and Mr. Q are, yeah. are beasts. Yeah. So Mr. K's got a lot of stories, I've got to say. I, I want to have him on, actually, and talk oh, yeah. about some stories. Yeah. I think he's brilliant. <laughs> okay, so let's jump into university. You went to University of Victoria. Yeah, I went to UVic. Um, yeah. Yeah, I started there. I actually did take a little break before university. Um, cause I had a friend who qualified for the world championship, um, half marathon. So I actually went to Oahu in Hawaii with him, um, for him to run this race. So I took that opportunity. I took a one semester off and I started in, um, the January of that. Mid January. Mid January. Okay. Yeah. Um, I started my first semester at, uh, UVic. Yeah. And then came back after I had the summer off and worked and then came back after the summer. I did that semester of September to Christmas. And in that Christmas was when I decided that I needed to go and pursue other avenues. And that's when I started cooking. So that was a full year. I did two one, semesters. Two semesters. So one, yeah. one full year. Yeah. So much. I did one full year. And so it was December when you basically hit Christmas break that you decided yeah. that I'm done. So it was actually the, um, on the ferry on the way home, I got a couple of results in from university. I got my result for psychology and physics. And I didn't get, I didn't have bad grades, but there was something about that that tripped me into thinking, you know, I need to take a break and pursue other things. Was it, was it almost like your grades were too good and you felt like you were a little bit almost yeah. pushing yourself in the wrong direction? Too far. Too yeah. far, right? And I didn't have that balance. It is so important in university mm-hmm. of, you know, it, um, balance between schoolwork and social life sports all that kind of stuff i didn't have that balance i would get a homework assignment and i'd spend 12 hours in a room by myself just doing trying to get that out of the way because i was really afraid of these things building up and building up and i think that's a lot of the first years have this problem yeah where maybe it's not that they're doing too much homework or maybe it's that you know they're partying too much they're hanging out with too many you know you're spending way too much time not studying yeah or studying too much or so this is a problem i think as young adults we don't understand how to manage our time very well because we've been orchestrated by our parents the entire time through a high school so time management or just 
understanding healthy lifestyles balances balance right yeah and so you leaving university of victoria found you balance in a way right yeah it did i certainly learned how to um, balance my time between you know doing things i wanted to do and things you had to do and you've really got to draw that line in between those two things and like you say it doesn't have to be studying like i have friends that would you know, have a two hour lecture and then do an hour of homework and then have to go to the gym for six hours to blow off the steam or would do the same thing, but go to a party and spend all night at a party because they couldn't deal with the stress of having to do the schoolwork. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter what um, kind of thing you take too far, but you've got to be able to bring that back and find the balance between everything. So this all kind of ties in the stress management, yeah. I guess. Stress, stress and time management for sure is very, very important. Okay. You need to know yeah. when to take breaks and go go to the gym, but not go for too long, and then come back and do a bit of homework and yeah. really, you know, work around trying to find balance mm-hmm. and then slot things in from there, rather than you know getting a homework assignment thinking oh it's going to take me five hours and then building things off of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think as maybe as as educators and people who run the whole district of school systems should really look and talk to these kids about how. Time management and stress management are probably one of the most important things you'll need to learn as you're growing up as an adult. Yeah, I think that's a really big thing in high school generally is there's not really enough preparation for the big, very big shift that happens between high school and university. And I agree that does need to be addressed. Yeah, clearly, right? You need to have more, just education about, you know, life outside of school. Been going to school for the past, whatever, 15, 16 years you know, eight to three every day. And suddenly you're thrown into the world where you've got to do your own cooking. Sometimes you've got to sort your own rent out. You need to know how the money is managed, but also how to manage your time and how to get schoolwork done while also hanging out with friends and having fun. Because university is a fun experience. Oh, 100%. As, as long as you know how to get everything else done that you need to do. Yeah. So. So it's that work, work first, play after kind of mindset. Yeah. Yeah, there is. In a way. Yeah, there is quite, you know, there's lots of sayings around it. You know, like one that's jumping to mind is, you know, do you want a beer today or a degree tomorrow? You know, you can have both. You just need to learn how to balance your time and your stress so that one beer doesn't turn into 20. You fall off the wagon and you don't get your degree done and all that kind of stuff. You can get everything done, but it is about managing your time, taking days off if you need to take days off, and taking time off if you need to take time off. No, that's one thing I would say straight away would be that. If you think you're going to need time off, take it before university. Don't get halfway through a semester and then realize, oh, I need to have some time off now. Take it before you go to university, get some money behind you so that money's not a stress at all. And it just takes one thing out of the way. What do you recommend with that time off? If graduates are taking a gap year, what do you recommend they do? Really travel. Travel's going to be the big thing that gets you ready for university and life in general is experiencing how other people do things getting out, having some time to think about what you actually want to do. You know, you could go somewhere, you could go anywhere in the world and find something that you might want to do for the rest of your life. And you wouldn't have found that if you hadn't have taken, the, taken the time to go there. It's true. Yeah, yeah. It's all about finding yourself. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, there's one, there's, you know, while you're young, the only thing you can do that's going to help you for the rest of your life is as many different things as you can possibly do. You know, you're not going to find that you love engineering if you don't go and try doing some engineering stuff in the same way that in school if you don't try a class you don't know whether you're going to be good at it or not 100 percent. and i have a lot of people 
Well, a lot of kids I know who are exactly that way, they yeah. they doubt their capabilities before even trying. Yeah. And, and you need to try right. all these things because as a young person, you're so versatile and you need to get out there and try all these different things. And then, one, you know, one day you'll find something. Yeah. And I think people are afraid of the failure aspect yeah. of it. I think the best part, like I, I'm taking calculus right now. I have a 71. That's a C plus, which is a bit below my average quite a bit below and it, it does hurt brag brag not even but it hurts my heart a bit seeing yeah. my grade this low because i put in a lot of effort in my academic capabilities but it, it's a life lesson for me to understand that i'm not going to be perfect at everything sometime yeah. and that i need to if i want to do well I, i'm gonna have to push a bit harder yeah so that's an experience for me like so next year when I go to university and I take calculus, I'm going to push it a bit harder. Yeah. Yeah. You know, put the time in, but like you say, you're not going to know that you can or can't do it unless you try it. Yeah. You know, there's no point in doing anything with the, the, you know, idea before you start that you're going to fail it. Yeah. Because, right. You know, the only way to go into things is to think that you're going to give it a hundred percent and just go for it. So mindset as well. Yeah, it's another thing. So I think stress management, mindset, mindset. and time management, yeah, time, yeah, definitely, is all all things that we can hopefully start to see in high yeah. schools being more developed yeah. for our students. Because that mindset is really, really important. You know, you're not going to get anything done if you just go around thinking you can't do it. You know, that's really important. That you draw that from a lot of outside influences as well. Yeah. You, you obviously tend to go down the avenue that people are suggesting for you. Yeah. And if people suggest, oh, no, I don't think you'd be very good at that, you're not going to have the mindset going into the into it that you can do it. Mm -hmm. But that's really important to ignore those kind of people and just try everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I love that little segment we had there. I am excited to talk about... So you took a break from university. Yeah. And you chose to start cooking. I started cooking. Yeah. Why? I didn't have much exposure to it kind of growing up. I did have good food. My dad's a very good cook. He started cooking in England and he's kind of pursued it as he's gone along. He's never done it professionally, but he is a very, very passionate home cook. So when I got into university, I started cooking a little bit. I made bread and that kind of thing. And then started once I was looking for something I needed to do. I did make the decision that I wasn't going back to university before I had anything to do. So once I decided I was going to, which I don't recommend, by the way, uh, <laughs> the, once I decided, oh, I need something to do now, cooking was kind of the first thing that sprang to mind. And I immediately started trying it, went around restaurants and just got a job and started for a really amazing mentor called Chef Jeff Park, who works at, um, he owned the Salted Vine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Downtown, yeah, yeah. And he's now back, he's, he was the uh, head chef at Araxi. Um, wow, at Araxi and Whistler. And Whistler. Wow. So he he's we had an amazing job interview where we uh, sat down, and we talked for two and a half hours, and I think within the first fifteen minutes he decided that he wanted to hire me. But then as the interview went on, he just started talking about how his experiences, and he was an engineer in LA, and then one day dropped he had his own engineering firm and then dropped everything, dropped to Whistler and started as a prep cook in Araxi and worked there for fifteen years up to being the sous chef. From being a prep cook, peeling beets and, you know, roasting potatoes to go, he was the head, he was the sous chef, stopped doing that and he opened the salted vine. And now he's back up in Whistler. He's the head chef at Araxi now, one of the best restaurants in Whistler. So his experience was kind of 
akin to mine, but, you know, 15 years in advance, hopefully, where, you know, he starts at a restaurant and he's just working from the bottom and he's going all the way up. So that was how I started cooking. I don't want to talk about myself, but that's kind of similar to my story. Yeah. So in grade nine, when I was 14, I started working at Locavore. I started as a dishwasher and I've slowly throughout the past almost four years now worked my way up into a pretty helpful line yeah. in prep cook. And I'll talk about it in a different podcast about how much I value being a teenager and working really hard. Not for the money, but for the experience. Yeah, it's very beneficial. For the experience. To get some work under your belt. Exactly. And under your belt before you, you know, you want to pick these careers. Yeah. You, know, you need to have some experience working before you start choosing what you want to do. Well, then you develop how it feels to be under work conditions yeah. and the amount of hours you put in and how it feels on your body and your mind. So you completely develop that sense of, you know, I need to make money. I need yeah. to understand like how it's going to put out. So that was very valuable for me. Yeah. But let's stop talking about that. I want to jump back into Araxi and this chef. Yeah, Jeff. And he was an absolutely amazing mentor. Um, you know, very angry. Exactly how you envision a chef being. Yes. When you, if, you, if you were to walk into any kitchen in the world, it's exactly how you'd picture anyone being. If the floor wasn't swept to the end of the night properly, you'd get shouted at so badly in the morning. You know, if carrots weren't peeled the right way, I made too much noise chopping vegetables with a knife once and I got shouted at. Really? Yeah, because they could hear me from the from the dining room. And it was, you know, it's absolutely perfection from the get-go. I think that's your fault, though, if you're chopping carrots yeah. that loud. That's yeah. unbelievable. Well, it's the first kitchen job. so <laughs> you, you don't know, know the noise volume, eh? No, I would, you chopping. wouldn't know the vo volume. Exactly. That's you hilarious. Know? I'd never been taught carrot volume before. It's not something that was covered at the curriculum at House Sound, unfortunately. Mm. I do think that needs to be addressed. I'll, um, I'll talk to them about yeah, yeah, that. That's on, serious get issues. Get on to Mr. Pescuzzi about that. I, I got need, you. <laughs> yeah, they need to address that. Um, the noise of my carrots was absolutely unbelievable. But yeah. And was this salted vine or Araxi? You this was salted vine. Salted vine. Yeah, this was salted vine. So his yeah. story was working up through Arax, through the ranks at Araxi. Yeah. And he's gone back there now. He's gone back. He's, got, he's working at Araxi. I think he still owns part shares in uh, the salted vine. Probably. But um, he is most... He is, head chef at Araxi now. So how long did you work at Salted Vine? I was there for about four months. Four months? Yeah. So from the time, so Christmas, when you got off the ferry, you started working there pretty much? Uh, yeah, pretty much. And then you ended in around springtime? Around springtime. Took a little trip to Europe, back yeah. to England, where I'm hopefully, uh, hopefully still welcome. Went to Italy, traveled around Italy, and then came back and decided to go back to Victoria and started working a couple of restaurants there. Yeah. And I worked there for about six months and then kind of moved, made, the, made the main boot move back to Squamish. Yep. Um, and then I went tree planting, actually, for the summer at the beginning of COVID. Okay, so I'm excited to hear about tree planting because this is something I want to try. I know it's very physically demanding and also probably mentally demanding. Yeah. And so how was that experience for you, your first time tree planter? So that was... I'm going to be realistic and say that was the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah, I was expecting um, that answer. Um, 12 or 13 hour days of walking through the bush planting trees and you got to think you know i was planting between between 1600 and 2100 trees a day which is on the very low end of you know kind of a reasonable planter i was good for my first year but on on an average that's a very low amount of trees that's you know reasonable for a rookie but very low average and you got to think about that you know if you plant 
2,000 trees in a day, you're bending over 2,000 times yeah. and walking two meters in between those trees. And it really adds up. Oh, I bet. Yeah. You, uh, I bet you need good posture to yeah. be able to survive. Yeah. Right? Like posture. Posture. You do have to accept that pain is going to be part of it. Oh, I, realistically. I, d- I don't disagree. Yeah, I lost. I was there. I actually, they actually ran out of cooks. So I ended up, I left to get away from cooking and ended up cooking because they needed cooks. So they actually offered me a cooking job, but I did plant for two and a half months this past summer. Um, I lost 35 pounds yeah, that, in, in I, the two and a half months. I remember when you told me that, yeah. I was like, unbelievable. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, 35 pounds yeah, in two and a half months is yeah. ridiculous. And, you, you know, you, I was looking up tree planting, you know, tree planting to-do lists. And they were saying, you know, get a belt and put it on. If you haven't got four holes on the belt to spare, you need to cut new holes in the belt. Because you're gonna you, you're gonna lose you know four inches off your waistline as a as a minimum. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I'd survive. I'd turn into a little twig. Hey. Eh? Yeah. It is very. It's a very interesting experience because there's a lot of a lot of different people there. A lot of people from all different backgrounds, and the only real thing you have in common is that you're tree planting. That's kind of it. You have everything from you know. I had a friend who was is getting money for his to do his PhD in art history. And then down through people who are cooks like me, mechanics, all that kind of thing. And it's, you know, there's a real range of people. No one's really got anything in common except the fact that you think you can be a tree planter. And that comes back to mindset again as well. Yeah. Because if you go into that thinking, I can't, I'm no, there's no way I'm going to do this. You're right. And then you're a toast. You know? yeah. yeah. You got two things you can think in life is I can do this and I can't. And you're usually right. No matter yeah. what you think, you're usually right. Tree planting is very difficult. It's taken... We used to like to compare steps. I had a very short friend, and she was taking 36,000 steps a day. 36,000? 36, yeah. Wow. So she's, that's, yeah. That's about crazy. About 36K through the bush planting trees. Jeez, that's almost, I think that's like my record yeah. of steps. Maybe, no, I've done a bit more. I've done like 50,000 because I ran a half marathon. Yeah. But you guys are pretty much you really slipped walking. That in there, didn't you, Marcus? You really slipped that I in. was just trying to compare yeah, yeah, my so- little, hey, hey, man. Don't you bully me on here. This is my show, okay? <laughs> We're not at work now, Marcus. Oh, I know, I know. At work, you can hassle me, but not here. This is my school. <laughs> but I, I love that aspect of, this is kind of why I want to try tree planting is yeah. all the different kind of people and you're all there for the same reason, yeah. just to chase money. Yeah, all you need is money. You money. Know, the only thing you need to be able to get through a season is, I want money. I yeah. want to get money. It doesn't matter what you need it for, but if you want to get money, these you know that's it that's the one you, a lot of people go and think oh you know i've done a lot of landscape landscaping experience i'm going to be really good at this but it's not the case you need some kind of motivation backing you up you can't just get through it with skills you've got to you don't have to be fit you've just got to be motivated and that's exactly like what they say in sports when i yeah. enter tournaments for soccer or hockey or whatever i've done for you know athletics yeah it's you know people always say talent loses to mindset or yeah. competitiveness yeah dedication and every time dedication means, and yeah. resilience yeah if you're willing to get up and go for the extra hit instead yeah. of getting off the ice you're gonna win that championship yeah you have that dedication where you know talent only goes so far talent only gets you so far exactly right. you know yeah i wasn't in great shape when i went out there but my only goal was to buy a motorbike that's why i went out was it was partly because of covid but the thing that made me really want to go was i could come back and buy a motorbike and that's what i did and you did i did yeah i came back and bought a motorbike out of pocket and what what was it 
For all the motorbike lovers out there, what oh, was the motorbike called? Suzuki V-Strum 650. I've seen it. It is a sexy looking thing. <laughs> it is beautiful. When it you, is a nice oh, bike. When you yeah. pull up in it, I'm like, I don't, obviously I don't have my motorcycle license. Yeah. I could get it, but my mom would kill me. But <laughs> I was encouraged on that front. By your my, parents. My well, because your, your dad and your mom yeah. bike. So My dad's got a, tig- a Triumph Tiger, a really nice British bike. Yeah, that is a big, I, big bike. I can't even, t- I'm not allowed to touch it. I bet. It's quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> hey, dad's house yeah dad's house dad's bike more than anything yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. and through the summer it was beautiful we had some beautiful days towards yeah. august yeah and where did you go i was up north i was in uh, williams lake for the first little bit and then uh mckenzie uh, by prince george after that so i was about halfway up the length of bc which is you know about as far as they go for that kind of that kind of season they go a little bit further up to do tree planting but um you can't really get it's usually pretty hard with the uh, the frost until quite late in the summer. Yeah, you go too much further up than that. So they'll do things like if there's a um, you do it's called burn sections, where if there's a big forest fire that swept through, after three years you can go in and replant all the trees. So they do that further up because the ground is so fertile and you can get trees into it. But that's about as far as it goes. Yeah, when you get up that when you get up that far north. But Williams Lake was um, yeah, it was cold. Yeah. Yeah, it was cold. Oh, I bet. Um, I've been up there. Yeah. Like for an hour. Yeah. Going on my way to Prince George. And yeah. it's an interesting place. Yeah. I know it's been known to be one of the most dangerous places in BC, which sucks, but it is, yeah. It is, it is quite beautiful. The, is, I like the landscape and yeah, the trees. It is very nice. I was in a, a bush camp for that. So the beauty is, I, I've got to say, taken away after two months of living in a tent in the beauty. It was very nice, I've got to say, for the first week, maybe even week and a half of being up there, um, waking up at 5.30 with frost on your sleeping bag. Mm. Um, it was good, yeah. Great outdoors. Yeah, and then the funny thing is, I got back from tree planting at the beginning of the summer. I started working at Locavore pretty quickly. I had about two weeks off because I was exhausted and then started working at Locavore at the end of the summer in August. And it was good, it was, you know, going, I'm not, I'm not doing that again. That was awful. I hated it. It was so hard. I'm not doing it again. I, oh, tree planting. Two, I thought you were talking two, about yeah. Locavore. I'm like, no. there's no way. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> no. Um, and then, but after two weeks, you kind of go, oh, it was fun though. Oh, I bet. And then after, I bet it was fun. It was, they always say, they were saying by Christmas, you're going to, the two things will happen. One is you'll finally get the dirt out from under your fingernails. And two, you'll want to go back tree planting. And that is exactly what happened. I, and for then, both of them, man. Yeah, for both both of those things, you stop feeling you stop feeling like you've been living in the bush. Well, I bet your sleep finally retained yeah. too. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. I was waking up at five every morning and then sleeping at ten. Yeah, and I, the party uh, atmosphere up there was a bit crazy as well. It was more party heavy than university, I've got to say. Well, I mean, if yeah. you're constantly going through physical pain, there's well, only I can't one. Play hard is uh, exactly. exactly the attitude. Yeah, I bet yeah. those guys. Three days on, one day off, and then yeah, on the, the one day, day on, on the night, on don't the even take third, the night. Yeah, third night. So you work all day, and then you party that night so that you can have the day off to recover. Yeah, you're hungover all day, and yeah. then you're back at they it. Do, they really don't mess around. What a mindset. Um, yeah, it takes. Yeah, it's a special kind of special kind of person for sure that can, that can live through that. I had friends that were you know partying all night till seven o'clock, and then the cooks would make breakfast, so they'd wake up at five, plant all day, finish at five. And then start partying, at, have dinner, start partying at six, keep going till seven in the morning, have breakfast that the cooks made them. So they'd be up all night, 
and then go to sleep, sleep all day, sleep all that night as well, and then get up and tree plant. And they were doing that every three days all summer. That's impressive. Yeah, it was crazy. That it is such a that's a yeah, demanding lifestyle. Yeah, it is a very demanding lifestyle. It, you know, in general, even without the partying, it is a very demanding lifestyle. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, there's guys who go there every single season. Yeah, right. Well, I am going. I've got to say, I'm going back this this season because I couldn't help it. Could this be your last season? No. No? No. Every single season. I, I think I've got four four in me. Four in me. So I've yeah. probably got, after this one, I'll have two more. Yeah. But the good thing about tree plant is it works in, you know, when I do decide to go back to university, I can use that as a, you know, a summer job. Right, It is yeah. an extreme summer job, but it is a summer job. Yeah, it's so, it's a tuition paying yeah. job. <laughs> it is, a, yeah, you pay per tree. So if you want the money... You put more trees in the ground. Well, we just watch. We just inspired a bunch of tree planters yeah. and yeah, new generations. Be, be yeah. careful, everybody. It's yeah. painful. Yeah, it's seventeen cents a tree to about twenty-two. But and what would that be hourly if you're on a good pace? If you're on a good pace, you can get. You know, as a rookie, I was at six. I was at fifty to fifty-five an hour. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's that, ridiculous. That's, a, that's a, you know, so that average is about, you know. 250 350 dollars a day kind of thing uh, but i had friends who their only they had goals was over the three days they would average 600 dollars a day that was their goal so they'd try to average 600 dollars a day for three days and then they'd have a week the next three days they'd take it reasonably easier but when i say reasonably you know four down from 600 to 400 they don't take it that easy <laughs> yeah but you know 600 dollars a day is kind of a good benchmark for having a really good day yeah and you know, if you can do that over three days, that's you've earned almost two thousand dollars in three days of work. Wow! Um, and what? Then, and then you take three days off. You know, you plant a bit slower. Yeah. And then you go and do it again. I mean, four hundred dollars for a still not bad for a day. Not bad for yeah, a day. But that they've been doing that for five seasons. Yeah. That the the guy I'm talking about there, he um, I guess I can't name drop, but I mean, he's in Ontario, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, Adrian. Yeah. And he was when he, it was his fifth season planting. And he had, he hit his uh, he hit five hundred thousand trees this season. Five hundred thousand in his whole career. Yeah. Over, wow. In total, he, he, he. How do you even keep track of something like that? Well, though? you have to know to get paid. So he just goes yeah. back and looks at all, all his pay stubs. You, I yeah, guess. Yeah, pay stubs. You can add it all up. Oh, that makes but sense. But then the funny thing about that is he was very very tall, very lanky, you know, six foot five, kind of no meat on him at all. But he was planting very quickly. But then my crew boss, Bry, who is a bit of a legend, she's, she was planting for seven years of actual planting. And then in five years, uh, Adrian hit half a million trees. And in seven, Bry hit a million. So Bry <laughs> was about five foot two. So that kind of shows that, you know, it doesn't really matter body type or anything. You can do it. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, she was a bit of a legend. That, pretty, that yeah, a great. million trees. Yeah. And there was a documentary came out about um, someone who'd done that as well. Was, uh, I think it's just called A Million Trees. Wow. Um, which is pretty crazy. The, fun, the funny part about the whole A Million Trees, though, is you could pick up a section on like a, on a mountainside. Yeah. There's a million right there. Yeah. And you yeah. think about it, seven years of work yeah. for a million trees, and you could pick that off and cut it down in less than three days, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Which probably is, be about right. Right. Yeah. Which, which is, is crazy. Which is why these logging companies, you know, get massive crews they have to replant every tree yeah so they get massive crews of people to just go and do it i'm glad that we've set that standard yeah. that we have to replant trees because yeah. there would be none left yeah right? yeah for sure so yeah to give a bit of context to that on my first year i only did you know three quarters of a season because they asked me to cook 
But I hit 37,000 trees in two months. So not bad. That's solid. Yeah, it's not bad for a rookie. Um, but then, you know, it goes up and up from there. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, 37,000, that was enough for you to get a bike. Yeah, I did buy a bike exclusively there. And then the funny thing is you start working out how like when you're in the bush and you want to, you know, you w- might want to order a pair of really nice headphones or I my own a really good pair of running shoes. But you start thinking about that in terms of trees. So I bought a new pair of boots this year and I worked out that was 3,000 trees. But it's just, it's funny how you start kind of, oh, I'm using this for tree planting. I wonder how many trees I'll have to plant to earn it back. Yeah. So yeah, I wanted a new pair of boots and a good thing was on the last kind of couple of weeks of tree planting, lots of people were deciding they, you know, they were going to get a reward. It didn't matter what it was, a nice jacket or whatever. And what you'd do is you'd plant for one day and then work out how much money you had in that day. And that's how much you got to spend on your nice thing. So I wanted a pair of running shoes. So I planted really hard for a day. And I think I hit 1900 trees that day. And I was like, all that's going on running shoes. So that's very, that's a very common thing to do. Interesting. Yeah. It's like a down payment with yeah, trees. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of funny. They're kind of putting a limit on it. Yeah. Almost, yeah. I, I don't want to spend more than I earn in a day. So it better be a good day. Okay, so you yeah. push it hard to yeah. make sure you to still make sure have you want the thing. Re- yeah. revenue. Like yeah. You have profit. Yeah. Uh, it, what a business. Yeah, it's a total it's, interesting it's business. It's a crazy lifestyle. Oh, yeah, I bet. It's crazy. Yeah. One more thing. I'm interested because I know you're learning a couple languages. Yeah, I do. I do that in spare time. Yeah. And what is your favorite? Um, Italian has been an obsession recently. Okay. Um, and why? Why Italian? Because when I went to Italy and I want to go back and it's such an interesting culture and food wise, I love that's well, a lot of my influences are drawn from Italy and I love that kind of basically the whole culture is kind of you can link it back to food in some way and it's a, it's just amazing yeah it's such a good it's such a good culture and i just want to go there and uh, you know i've started learning the language and could you see yourself living there i have thought about it and yeah i could yeah yeah yeah, yeah no i could cool i could see you going for it yeah it's such a cool country yeah yeah but then that also comes back to you know it's interesting that even though I'm not in school and I'm not getting any for- formal education, I've still got that desire to just learn stuff and know things. That was a thing. Even in high school, I wanted to know. I was so curious about things. That's why I think I found physics really interesting. Yes. You're so yeah. curious about things. That's a really good avenue for it. Well, I know you were the guy to finish the homework before or even learn the stuff before it even came out, right? Was that you? Um yeah, making making me sound like a nerd. But no, yes, you're not a nerd, but me. I know you were just interested in it. Yeah, um, it's fair. Like I watch YouTube videos about yeah, sci- did, like science. <laughs> I remember having a a thing in uh, biology. I think it was grade ten. It was bio. Yeah, yeah. And I'd, um, they said we're gonna we're gonna learn about evolution today, and like this week, that's kind of all the information they gave. So I went back and you know read the section of the textbook. I used to really like papers as well, so I I read like Darwin's you know original notes and all that kind of stuff. And then went back and they started talking about something reasonably basic and then started talking about how it was going to progress through the week. And I just kind of thought, oh, I know all that already. Um, Did you spit that out? You were like, I already know all of this. No. 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 I was just mysteriously absent, which I'm not, in, you know, endorsing. But yeah, I was mysteriously absent for a little bit. <laughs> okay. So we'll wrap it up. I want to know the future of your school, Ollie. Will you go back? Yes, very very probably, yeah. Very probably, but you don't have any idea right now about when. My only idea is that it might not be in this country. Might not be in this I country. I might go to Italy for school. There you go. Yeah. 
So, even though Ollie took a break two years ago, yeah, two years ago, he's planning on going back. So, as a student of grade twelve or wherever you are in your learning life right now, you can always take a break and settle down and figure out what you actually want throughout yeah. life. Try new things. Try new things, one hundred percent. And if you realize that you want to go do school in Italy, yeah, you can do that. Yeah. So there's there's not the set plan for you no. that you have to go to this school that you have to finish your four four years that you have to take your master's yeah. that you have to finish it everyone else you know everyone has their own path yeah and they're all everyone's just trying to figure it out and you know don't devour yourself in stress there's always options for you and there's always a way to work things out and adapt and thrive yeah you know if you think about university timelines there's no you know there's a set timeline reasonably for high school you know, you get you graduate at eighteen and from grade twelve. But there's nothing like that at university. You could take ten years off and go back. You know, go to school at thirty. It it really doesn't matter. You know, the only timeline is that it's four years, but that's not really much of a timeline because you can take six years. So yeah. there's no there's a lot of lot more flexibility in some ways is from university that you don't really get from high school. So don't you know don't feel the need to pressurize yourself with these timelines that don't really exist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about finding that balance. Yeah. Like we exactly. talked about that yeah. balance. Yeah. And hopefully you will find it. Yeah. And it is a brilliant thing when you do. Yeah. Because you feel probably the best about yourself. Yeah. Exactly. When you find that balance. Yeah. For sure. Awesome. Well, Ollie, it's been a pleasure yeah, for you to great. come back to House House Secondary <laughs> and film a podcast with me. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, if you ever find Ollie, if you well, I guess you don't know what he looks like, no. but. If you find Ollie is a British guy, he works at Locomore. Say hi to him and tell him you've listened to the podcast Great. and that he's a brilliant guest. Thanks so, for that, Marcus. Thanks. You're welcome. I'm just hyping you up. You're a great guy. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah here we go. Don't track me down. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>